Here's a story from the world. The number of deaths from last week's earthquakes in Turkey and Syria continues to climb. Today, an estimate put the total at more than 36,000 people. In southeastern Turkey, international rescue and recovery is a full-time operation. Across the border, though, in parts of northern Syria, outside help has been slow to arrive. As the world's Shirin Jafari reports, getting any help at all depends largely on where in Syria people happen to live. There have been so many aftershocks in the past week that people don't know sometimes if the earth is really shaking or if they're just imagining it. I keep like a, a bottle of water next to me or a small cup or whatever, liquid base, just to make sure that if, if I'm right or not. That's a Syrian university student. He's 27 and doesn't want to give his name because he fears talking with the foreign news media could get him into trouble with the authorities. He lives in the port city of Latakia which is controlled by the Syrian government. The quake left a lot of damage, he tells me. Homes that are still standing are not safe to return to. So people are sleeping in mosques or churches. There are so many NGOs that are trying to help. Other than NGOs, there are individuals who are making so much effort to give the people what they need. Warm food, baby formula, diapers, clothes... Most of the aid is coming from the capital, Damascus. That's where Charlotte Stranger, a French teacher, has been organizing donation drives. I teamed up with like three of my colleagues from the school spontaneously. Like we created this team and we started gathering trustful contacts throughout the country with like people that we know. She started an online fundraiser. In just three days, she says, she managed to bring in about $7,500. But the problem is that as with everything that is uh, linked to Syria, it was then blocked. Syria is under strict economic sanctions. Last Thursday, the U.S. Treasury made a temporary exemption for aid related to the earthquake, but the sanctions are still being felt on the ground. Stranger says she could have used that money to buy things like food, hygiene products and blankets. It made me feel horrible, horrible. The Syrian city of Aleppo, also under government control, was heavily damaged in the earthquake. Over the weekend, the head of the World Health Organization, Tedros Ghebreyesus, visited the city and spoke to reporters. We have just come today with some supplies and look forward to continue to support. He arrived with a plane load of medical supplies. Aleppo saw widespread destruction during Syria's civil war, and filmmaker Yusuf Sabah says the quake brought down even more buildings. In a series of WhatsApp messages, he explains that help is beginning to pour into the city. Some are coming from inside Syria, he says, but also from outside. Aleppo even got the attention of the Syrian president himself. Bashar al-Assad and his wife visited a hospital on Friday. It was all smiles and hugs in this video shared online. But for Syrians living in areas that are not under government control, things are very different. In the northwest province of Idlib, was hit hardest by the quake. One week later, people there say they still don't have the equipment needed to pull victims from under the rubble. Raed al-Saleh is the head of the White Helmets, the only rescue organization operating in northwest Syria. We want the UN to apologize. They making the people of the Syrian people disappointed. Martin Griffiths, the UN's emergency relief coordinator, tweeted as much yesterday. He wrote, quote, we have failed the people in northwest Syria. 
Karam Khalil is a photographer working in that part of the country. He says people are losing hope of rescuing victims trapped under the rubble. Those who survived, he says, have no shelter. People or uh, refugees before uh, earthquake, now in the road, in hospital, in, in, in schools. Uh, Talking with Syrians in different cities, it becomes clear that there are really two Syrias. One under the government's control, where international relief organizations are helping out. The other is the opposition-controlled Northwest, mostly isolated from the rest of the world. On Sunday, U.S. Ambassador to the U.N., Linda Thomas-Greenfield, urged the Security Council to open another border crossing from Turkey into northwest Syria. But Russia, an ally of Syria's government, has veto power on the council. And so far, the Kremlin has said that one border crossing into Syria is enough. For the world, I'm Shirin Jafari.